Ronald researched real life stories. Hi guys, welcome to Inspirational Interviews, a super cool life stories platform where we showcase real life stories of people from all over the world. Brave hearts, famous or not, going out there doing their thing. These interviews are not staged. The conversations can go anywhere. What's your life story? Be inspired by these stories to create your beautiful life. With me, your host, Jen Rod. Um, so obviously I interviewed Kim uh, quite a few months ago and I interviewed her in Holland and um, it was just such a beautiful conversation and uh, when she mentioned you and, you know, through the conversation as well and hearing her story, um, it was so wonderful how she brought you into, you know, just really being one of her biggest uh uh, heroines, you know, and well, it's funny actually. My daughter at the moment, they're busy learning about not heroes but sheroes. Oh, and, so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you know, you definitely, you know, your daughter's shero. And um, it's it the minute I heard, and you know, I asked her, I said, What, you know, tell me about that, why? And she just said, You know, that you you really just know how to turn lemons into lemonade. Um, and, you know, I think that that is just the most important skill that anyone can have in life, you know, is learning to deal with life because we get taught from, I don't, we don't get taught, but I think we, we, we are taught that fairy tale, right? We taught that life is a fairy tale ending and, you know, from childhood with all the Disney films and, um, and then when, when life does happen, then we don't actually know how to deal with it because it's not the fairy tale ending we were taught it was going to be. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, let's just, you know, let's, I've, I've introduced in terms of, you know, how I know you briefly now. But tell us, you know, who's, who's Machda? I say it's Machda, actually. That's how Machda. you pronounce it. Yeah, I, I don't like my own name, but uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my um, uh, grandchildren, the little ones, call me Oma Machi. <laughs> oh, sweet. <clears throat> but Magda is all right, okay. Yes. Uh, well, I was born in the, the last century, <laughs> uh, 1938. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm... Um, a very old generation right now. <laughs> no? Yeah. Well, and I'm living uh, near my kids. I'm very glad to be near. And, uh, well, I must admit they are my all, you know. They are my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, were you bo- where were you born? Where I was born, well, I was born in Indonesia, yeah. in a small uh, small town on East Java. And, well, I think about two or three years before World War II began. And um, I've, in, when the war started, World War II started, my mom had her 11th baby. Wow. And we moved then to Surabaya, which is the capital of East Java. And, um, well, that was 
a very hard time because mm. uh, after a few months, the all the men, all the the husbands were being taken in the uh, into concentration camps. Uh, so my mom was left with 11 children. The oldest was about 14 years old and a baby of three months. Uh, and there was no income because everything was closed uh, when the Japanese came into uh, Java. So I don't know how she survived, but, well, she was really a saint and she was really a hero because all although she had so many problems and so <clears throat> many sores she always uh, cared so much for us and made life uh, although there was nothing made life happy for us uh, so i remember the years of the war very well because of all the uh, things that happened. Uh, although my mom had no income, uh, banks were closed, no schools, um, she started to sell her jewelry. Her own jewelry. Uh, her own jewelry, oh. ring by ring, yes, uh, bracelet by bracelet, just to be able to get some food for us. But you know, there there. Things happen because a lot of friends of my mom um, helped us out. Uh, I was very ashamed because with my brother or one of her sisters, I had to go on foot uh, through uh, under the tropical sun uh, without shoes on my feet. Uh, uh, we had to go to uh, some house, a friend's house of my mom, to get a large pan of soup, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> we, sur we survived, you know. And, uh, well, my mother was really, really a hero. And, and a saint, she was not knowing where my father was. Uh, mm. And he was interned for four years mm. uh, and in, in wartime. So, uh, okay, that's the kind of my first years. Uh, I, re I remember them very well. And we had, you know, my, um, my uh, uh, parents had those 11 children, uh, seven girls and four boys. Wow. Uh, and, and where were well, you in the line? Where, how, where, what's your... Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> number eight. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So, so eighth child, yeah. So, wow. But you know, you in, in, in my family, you had the, the eldest, about wow. four, the eldest. Then there was a middle group. And I belonged to the four youngest. So you because had the oldest child. So say that again. Yes, um, the eldest child was yes. uh, a girl, yeah. then, then another girl, and then a boy, then another girl. And those four were the eldest, you know? Yes, yes. And then you had another brother and another uh, uh, sister, and th they were the middle group. Okay. And, and then the four youngest were the last ones yeah uh, okay yeah. the youngest ones uh. but then and then you were one of the youngest yes 
Okay, so was, did that did that have did that have a sort of hierarchical system in the family? Did 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 that play yeah, out in a way? Well, we had those three groups, but we all. I can't remember we had any problems or, yep, surely childish fights because this is mine, this is mine, you know, I, I grab something, but we never had any uh, any big troubles. Mm, uh, mm. But, you know, I remember very well because of the war, um, um, my two elder sisters, they were, I think, 14 and 13, they had to go uh, working just to earn some money mm. in restaurants. And um, as to, to serve at the tables, you know. And um, we, we had very limited food. Mm. But so um, when my sisters were working and they were coming at home, coming home at about two o'clock, and we had our very minimum meal at noon. And I remember very well that with my younger sister and my brother, uh, we ran to the to the uh, uh, tram stops, the tramway stops, mm. and asking my our elder sisters. Please, when you can't finish, if you have enough of your food, can we have the rest? Oh, <laughs> isn't that isn't that sad? <laughs> but and, and they felt very much obliged just to leave some on their plates uh, for for us. Uh, wow. So, and well, it was it. Still, I have very happy memories of uh, my childhood during wartime, yeah. indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. And so um, when you say, I heard you say tram, did you mm-hmm. did you move to the Netherlands uh, already? Or when did you move no. to the Netherlands? No, 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 no. We were <laughs> in Indonesia and at Surabaya. We were living in Surabaya. And um, just... After the war, when I was 12 years old, we uh, uh, after the uh, independence period of Indonesia, mm. we mm. went uh, to uh, the Netherlands. Uh, okay, when you were 12, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and I'd, your father, what happened to your dad? Well, he survived uh, uh, the concentration camp yeah. very happily, and you know. Uh, when a war was officially ended, um, we had this very scary period in Indonesia mm. of um, kind of guerrilla. Uh, surely, now I understand very well that Indonesia, after 300 years of colonialism, yeah. wanted to be there, have to be, uh, want to to have their own independence. Yeah. Uh, so there was this guerrilla. And, you know, we were living in this house and at the other s- side of the, of the road, there always was a hospital. But now it was, uh, 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 of course, in wartime, the Japanese were in this hospital. And, well, they were f- very cruel because thieves were put on the street and binded on a lamppost. And uh, 
in this tropical sun and they were beaten and couldn't have anything to drink. But okay, during this, uh, after the war, uh, during this, uh, we called it Bersiap. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's the word for we want freedom. Mm-hmm. And during this Bersiap time. How do you spell uh, that? Sorry? How do you spell that? B-E-R-S-I-A-P. Okay, Bersiap, yeah. Bersiap, yeah. And um, especially the young Indonesians uh, were very, uh, well, thrilled to fight for their freedom. And we called them Pemudas. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, in front of our house was this hospital. But in the meantime, when war was officially ended, uh, from well, from America, from 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 UK, uh, they were would send troops to uh, to help us, the people in Indonesia, uh, to help us out of camps, etc. So, but because of this Bersiap time, um, my in the night we were together, but there was fighting and there was uh, uh, alarms, etc. And my mother with her 11 children in her bedroom, under the bed, we were uh, yeah, just very much afraid, I oh. remember. And behind our house, this uh, young Bermudas, uh, freedom fighters, were um, fighting and mm. shooting. And from the hospital, where in in this meantime there were uh, Gurkhas and <coughs> UK uh, uh, soldiers. Yeah. Just we sat just between these two zones, you know. And I remember I was very much afraid. And there were wounded people around the house because we heard them uh, calling uh, for, please, can I have some water? Can I have some water? But all right, in the end, these uh, Gurkha soldiers from the UK um, entered the house uh, because they were afraid that in the house were Pamudas as well. And, you know, they found my mum with her 11 children under the bed with two or three girls of 14, 13 mm. and, and they tried to grab my sisters, my older sisters and then my mom said scream as hard as you can and we all started to scream, scream, scream and then came some uh, UK officers and uh, they sent away the Gurkhas but then we had to flee. But so but, just to uh, just to clarify, the the Gurkhas are the UK guys coming actually over to help. But they were taking yes, all the sisters yes, to maybe but, do something bad. Yeah, surely. But all things happen during a war, you know. But, but okay, we had to flee. But where to? So my poor mom with her eleven children. We had five minutes from our house. We had friends in the. Uh, so we went there, and they they were all ready with a group of some 15, yeah. 20 people, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, so we, well, 
uh, in the end, we could stay there for some days, and then we had to flee again to other friends with a bigger house, and uh, until we were being interned by the uh, Pamudas as well. The, yeah. And so we had um, <laughs> to grab our bags. Mm. Well, we we had nothing, you know. We had only the the, the, the clothes uh, we had on. And um, the funny thing is, the only what my mother took <laughs> from house to house were all the clothes of my father, and she oh. even didn't know whether he survived the um. con uh, concentration camp. <clears throat> but, uh, okay, uh, we had to go on foot for some kilometers to the train station, but in between we were being shot at, so we had to crawl in the... Oh, it was... Oh. A just awful. I was so afraid of losing my mom or my 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 family, you know. Yeah. So that was that was really really scary. I was very much afraid. But in the end, we were put in a train and um, brought to, uh, to to an old um, sugar factory. Yeah. And there we were put into. Uh, Intern, internation camp and concentration camp indeed for I think one year and well that, that was uh, without any well scary very scary hardly any food so we all fell ill you know malaria and the tropical diseases but still my, my mom was always very um, energetic mm -hmm. and helping helping not only her family but other families around us as well yeah. and then we were transported to another concentration camp which was worse and um, well I know I fell seriously ill with some another sister and a mm -hmm. brother mm -hmm. and then we were transported, um, it was the end of the war, then we were transported on trains uh, uh, to kind of freedom, you know, but we never knew where we were being uh, taken. Yeah. So it was, wow. uh, I, I, the war time, I remember very well the war time. That's incredible, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just um, mm -hmm. for history, I'm just curious. So tell me, because... So you had the colonial era, but just tell me in brief, in a nutshell form, what was the what was the transition of history in Indonesia? Sorry, what was the transition, the history transition in Indonesia? Oh, the transition, yeah, oh, that, that that indeed was very hard because um, surely the Netherlands wouldn't give up uh, the colonials, but of course it became an international case you know america mm -hmm. said we they had to leave uh, indonesia to mm -hmm. the nations but it was all <coughs> very all politics you know yeah. and okay it's never politics are never <laughs> very uh, uh, honest but good um, this transition didn't go very well because okay um, we came out of the bersiap concentration camp, mm. all, all the 11 children with my uh, mom 
And big, big surprise, my father survived the Japanese concentration. So we were united. And then Surabaya is a big capital city of East Java. Mm -hmm. Um, You had to, to go and find living. So uh, you could choose from many, many houses were just left alone and uh, without any furniture, nothing. Uh, So um, my father could choose a very big house with a big garden, but there was no furniture at all. But then you had to go to, um, well, big, big places where all the furniture during war was put away and so we started again after war with beds from well i don't know where <laughs> who had slept in it <laughs> yeah. and tables and chairs but okay we, you survived everything so you were very content you know yeah uh, yeah and but then of course this independence uh, stream went on and it became very um, uh, scary but it happened many times that these uh, pomuda f- uh, freedom fighters young men just went into uh, houses and slaughtered families so before we went to sleep I remember that uh, my parents uh, went to barricade all the windows and all the doors uh, with uh, rope and everything. Uh, so it wasn't a good time. Mm-hmm. And why? Um, um, why were the the freedom fighters? Why were they uh, going against their own people? Just out of hate. I mean, uh, do you? I understand now that uh, during uh, the Japanese uh, war, the Japanese uh, started to put hate into the hearts and souls of young Indonesians. Mm. You know, they said you need your independence Mm. and they delivered weapons as well. So they put hate into these uh, people. And And that was the the guerrilla warfare, right? That was what you call the guerrilla warfare. Yes. And you know, when uh, there's hate in people's souls, they... in, in the tropics, they, they go, they say go amok. They they go amok. They don't know. They just follow their hate and do terrible things. Mm. And that's uh, that's why our house was being barricaded uh, every night before we went sleeping. And my father was <clears throat> working in the government, and. Um, th- it was um, always every, of course, not in the war years, but he could go on leave to the Netherlands. Mm. Before the war, my parents went to leave for a year to the Netherlands on leave from the government. And they had four children only then. Mm. And so now my father chose to go on leave again with the 11 children, because um, uh, my elder brothers and sisters were, uh, well, 
16, 17 yeah. by yeah. now. Yeah. And they had to go to choose a study, you know. And we had to go to schools, and um, which was... Well, there were schools open after war, but like my older sisters, um, they did college of five years in three years. Uh, and wow. um, I went to uh, the, the basis school, the, 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 the ordinary school. The junior and, school. Yeah, yeah the junior school. school. And I was 12 in 1950. I had to start uh, uh, high school, you know. So... In the end, 1950, my mm. parents uh, went to the Netherlands with their 11 children. And uh, the eldest uh, started to study. Yeah. I started high school. And then my father was asked to go back to Indonesia to help starting up the Indonesian people uh, in his office so that they could uh, take the, the 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 jobs mm. and do the their work good yeah. but um my father in the end my father didn't want to leave his family again mm. although it was a very um it was uh how do i call it you know when he would have gone to back to indonesia he would have have his salary over there and the same salary my mother would have in the Netherlands. So financial, it would be nice, but he wouldn't leave his family again, uh, yeah. not knowing what would happen, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow, that's, I can imagine. I mean, did your, dad, I... did your dad, he, he survived that time. Did he share those stories? Because I, I know often in families, during this time, you actually didn't share the stories of what happened, you know? Not, no, not really. Mm. Um, you know, what, the, what the, uh, all people in concentration, concentrations camp do uh, is um, speaking about food because there's no food at all. <laughs> Everybody yeah. is saving recipes <laughs> of, of special dishes. That's really very funny, yeah. Huh. But surely I can understand. But no, he didn't tell us much about uh, about his uh, time in concentration camp. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, as a child, you are not interested, of course. Yeah. Uh, you, you live your day-by-day day life, surely, yes. very egocentrical. Uh, yeah. And, um, well, probably he told my mom, but, um, well, they, they were very wonderful parents. I had such a lovely uh, youth uh, with, within this big family, but uh, we all... We all had we all had together, you know. There was mm. this little community, and uh, yeah, I felt okay. very safe. Although I had experiences of uh, nasty things in wartime. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you 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 were talking earlier about your mom being in the concentration camp and having to go to two concentration camps. Yes, yes. first the, the the first one and the second was an even worse concentration camp. Yeah. You said. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how did she? How did she manage 11 kids? I mean, I don't I, even, I, I hardly managed two. That's right. <laughs> I know what you mean. I had four. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. 
but she was always there for us. And we all felt ill, you know. My uh, youngest sister, who was born just before war, uh, was about two or three, and she got, uh, well, this disease, beriberi, and her little legs were very swollen, and her little belly, and she couldn't hardly get up. Um, We were all undernourished, of course, and, uh, but I don't know how she did it, but she was just such a very example for everybody because other people were asking her for advice as well the, well i think i know um she was she had her face you know she was uh, a catholic we were all brought up catholics yeah. but she really had his face and i think she prayed a lot in her heart, I don't know whether it helped, but it helped her to be there for us. Mm. I don't know how she did it, because as a child, you you just go around, and we were looking for, for food, and luckily in the tropics there are always plants you can grab and put into some water and make some soup. So oh. I... That's it. Uh, <laughs> wow. And, I mean, just give me, like, show me in my mind's eye, like a day in the life of of being in the camp. What would you do? Like, paint that picture for me. Well, at f- um, we were in, in this um, uh, uh, sugar factory. It was a big, big uh, factory. Yeah. Big rooms, big uh, so we had this little space with just mats on the ground, my mom and her 11 children. And um, in the beginning, food was distributed uh, per building, you know. And <laughs> as my mother uh, uh, had 11 children, the 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 the, the officers in the in the camp um, put my mother as head of this building to uh, uh, divide the food because wow. this they thought she has 11 children she knows how to divide uh, honestly you know wow. and well okay but after a, a little time we got some um, um, rice and uh, um, well. No, no meat, of course, uh, and we had to. She had to put uh, a meal uh, together d- themselves. Mm. Uh, well, it, I was really hungry then, uh, and um, you know what they did? <laughs> My mom, with all the clothes she she got from home of my father. Uh, uh, you call it, um, well, there were fences around this factory of bamboo, you know, mm. and they, you call it gedek. Yeah. You call it gedek. Mm. And um, what people did were uh, in the night, very stealthy, went to this bamboo fence, this gedek, and were always... Indonesians, Indonesian people uh, who wanted to, um, uh, 
you give something to them and they got uh, they give something food to us you mm. know and and that's how uh, how we for fight as well because <laughs> my not the eldest sister but the uh, the sister uh, after the eldest uh, she she was a very um, energetic girl and she uh, <laughs> dared everything so she went in the night uh, with a pantalon of my father or a a shirt or, or oh, wow. and uh, and she called uh, um, uh, men men are you there uh, can we change can I get some food you get the shirt and so well that happened but when you were caught you got a very uh, strict uh, uh, punishment yeah. but happily my sister was never caught my brother was caught one time and <laughs> He changed some shirt or, 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 or trousers uh, to um, 20 uh, cakes, Indonesian cakes. And um, he was caught. And as a punishment, he had to eat all those 20 cakes himself, you know. So. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the least punishment. Eh? Yeah, Because absolutely. you could have been beaten. And uh, yeah. Yeah, Although I mean, obviously you can you can die from from also overeating, huh? So you can actually also die from that. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's really when I, when I'm thinking back, I think, well, that really we we all survived. It's really a miracle, you know. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, tell me, um, and but but what about you during the day? What would you be doing? Would you just be sitting in your in, little space in, in, in this concentration camps? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. We just were swerving around in in the around the buildings, and I, I mean, uh, well, in in the in the beginning, my mother tried to teach because before war she had been a teacher, mm. and so it's how she, in war time she taught me to read, mm. and from that on I'm always reading. Yeah, that's but uh, she tried to 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 teach children, but then it was forbidden, you know, and um, I don't know. I, I we were just. Going around the buildings and and d- I can doing... imagine, I can imagine because the funny thing was with kids, right? Um, and even also when you are in a in a traumatic situation, um, people don't realize unless they've been in it. But you actually cope with it very differently to the way you think you would cope with it. You know, your mm-hmm. thoughts are way way out of context to when you're yeah. actually in a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and also children just, you know, children just play, right? Children, I mean, they do feel like, obviously when you're in certain like moments of fear, like when you were saying how you had to go to the the railway station and that was a really scary moment for you. You remember that. But then when you're in the concentration camp, it's day after day. So I can imagine you also, you end up playing, you know what I mean? You kind of end up messing around with your brothers and sisters or, or, or did that not happen? Was it too, just too sad no. every day or traumatic every day? No, or were no, they no, no. Because there were a lot of children, of course, in yeah. this factory. And we all went <laughs> together 
And, well, just look, well, you, you know, we tried to uh, uh, grab fruit of the trees. That's one thing in the tropics. There's always something uh, to grab and to eat. And um, I don't know, I don't remember, but we always went away with a group of children and we climbed uh, buildings and we could uh, look over the fences, you know, and looking at all those people walking around in freedom, the Indonesian people, well, I, I, I don't remember we were actually doing things, just going around and playing around. Mm. That's right. Only the hunger was always there. That was yeah. always there, oh, wow. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. And then my eldest sister got this sore on her uh, ankle, a, a wound, and it uh, became, uh, yeah, they Infected. called it uh, a tropical uh, wound. And mm. it was very, very seriously, uh, she had very high fevers and my mother was very, uh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, in the end, there were, in another building, there were some nuns and they had, um, well, we call it permenhan drops and it's a kind of medicine you put some uh, uh little little uh, how do you call it uh, dr drops yeah. in a, in a, in a, uh, in water and it turns purple and it is very disinfecting oh. and uh, my mother got some from the nuns and uh, she had to sponge the wound uh, some uh, times a day and it healed and it was so seriously that it began to uh, a, a very uh, nasty odor so no nobody wanted to sleep n oh, <laughs> next wow. to my eldest sister. Yeah, because it's, it's the blood, right? The infections in the blood. That's what happens when these in uh, infections get so big. I remember my brother was in Zimbabwe and, you know, they were, they were hunting and, you know, my dad was, was a hunter as well. And mm -hmm. um, he got a spider bite, but it, it, it turned also huge. It, it got into his blood. It went all the way up his leg. Yeah. I mean, these oh wounds, my God. They can, yeah, they'll kill you for sure. Yeah. Yeah, really. But the sperm was really uh, saved my uh, my my sister's wound, uh, and I, I think shaved her life as well. Uh, uh, and well, uh, surely after war, this permanent medicine was very popular because after war there there was hardly anything, you know. Uh, so uh, and it was very cheap as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. What is it, it in Dutch? What's it called in Dutch? I don't know. Permanent. Permanent. I wonder if the because um, where are you? Are you also in Harlem? Are you living in Harlem? Uh, you were living in Harlem. Where are you living? Oh, I, I'm living in Leysendam. Oh, Leysendam, yes. That's yeah, Leysendam, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think because of the connection with, with Kim through Alice mm -hmm. that, and then I was, I, I now, now remember, because when I first spoke to your daughter, Kim, before her interview, I remember she wasn't in Harlem, exactly. But there's a fabulous, um, uh, um, now I'm thinking in Dutch as well. Apotheek, it's it's not a it's not a, a pharmacy, but it's a um, it's a it's a natural pharmacy, right? It's a very oh, yeah, famous surely. one. Oh yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. The, do you know okay. the picher the 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 one in Harlem? It's quite famous. It's because it's so old. But I wonder if oh, okay. they have that because it's very I traditional. Think so. 
I think so. It's it still is there, but of course, um, then came penicillin. Okay. You say pen yeah. yeah, and penicillin that was yeah. penicillin, and the, well, that was a miracle medicine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Until now, we have too much penicillin. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And too much, you know, too much, too, too much medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I have no medicine in the house, uh, luckily, just paracetamol, yeah. you know. It's funny. I, well, I, I'm, yeah. I'm very uh, lucky to have no headaches, anything, but okay, paracetamol. And, but mostly when I really need it, hardly, I can't find it because when a girl's mom do you have any paracetamol in the house? And they pick the package, you know, yes, <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I am without, but yes. uh, well, I'm very happy not to need it uh, so much. Yeah, not, no, it's and, amazing. I was, I was listening to you and, you know, picturing you with, you know, with your siblings and, and, and the group of friends while you're in this concentration camp, right? Climbing mm -hmm. trees and, you know, peeking over the fence and, you know, it's yeah. it's so weird, and I, I guess it's just because the way I see life. I'm always trying to see. I, I, it's just my my way of seeing a story through a positive lens. You know, which is why I like to do what I do and interview mm. people, and 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 always see it realistically, but also always through a positive lens. And I'm hearing your story, and the reason why we're talking is because your daughter you know, quote unquote says, you know, you just always turn lemons into lemonade. You know how to do that. And obviously we're going to hear the rest of your, you know, just how your life story evolved. But, um, you know, being able to do that, as I said in the beginning, it's a life skill. And and I guess, you know, also being a young mom, although I'm not young, <laughs> but I, you know, my kids are young. I started a bit yeah. late in the game. But anyway, um you know, you're always looking at your kids and thinking, am I making the right decision? And especially with what we're dealing with, you know, we've already mentioned there's too much medicine these days. Mm. Um, you know, the technology is just my biggest issue in life. Mm. Um, mm. And I hear your story about you, you being in a concentration camp, but you were still climbing trees. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, now yeah. kids are like in the concentration camp of their own homes, just constantly looking at screens yeah yeah that's right that's right uh, indeed uh, it's um, life has changed so much in the last 50 years uh, you know well 50 60 70 years but um, well I, I was also very lucky to uh, that my parents uh, my father uh, became 92 well his last two years, he got Alzheimer, which was very, very sad. And my mother became 97. Wow. But I know uh, when I was uh, going in uh, adolescence. Adolescence, um, yeah. Adol uh, yeah, adolescence. Mm. Um, well, then you start to think. Uh, and uh, I was always so much afraid of losing my parents. And also when I was just married and had uh, my first, we had our first child, my, this issue of ever losing my parents was just 
an issue for me. And, and luckily they became very, very old. Mm. And um, so, yeah. But what's your, because we were talking about technology and children and being on screens. Well, mm -hmm. How do you link the two together? Sorry, again? So we were discussing, yeah. so I was saying yeah. how, you know, we, we sort of, we were to, I was telling yeah. you about the trees and then also yeah. about the children nowadays yeah. that they don't climb trees because they're on computers mm -hmm. and screens mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you said how things have changed, but then you also, mm -hmm. made, you know, went into saying how you feared losing your parents. Is, mm -hmm. do, do you see a connection there or? Well, I, I I don't I don't know. Um, the 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 beautiful thing of losing my um, uh, my anxiety uh, of losing my parents mm. is um, well, like my father. In we had to put him into an institution because my mum was losing herself in all the uh, sadness and troubles living alone with my father. Mm. And um, so when my father, after six weeks in this institution, died, I was so happy for him. Yeah. Because, you know, when we visited, well, you know how it, how it goes in this institution when we visited him and we went away he begged us to come with us you know and we had to put this coat on the door to leave and oh. leave him alone oh one of so sad and so terribly sad mm. so I, I think after six weeks he gave up and I'm, I was really very glad to lose him in that way, you know. It, it, surely I was sad, but I, there was peace in my heart yeah. uh, about uh, losing him. And my mom was 97. And, um, well, she um, uh, had fallen some time and broken her hip and went after operation went into uh, revalidation <laughs> and um, we decided the 11 of us just to uh, stay uh, everyone had his turn to mm. stay day and night with my uh, mum mm. and in her uh, apartment yeah. uh, so uh, well the eldest came Monday, the other came another day. Uh, I was working at 49, I started to work again. I was asked and um, I um, worked one week in the mornings and the other week in the, the afternoons. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to my mother's house, I slept at her house and, uh, well, just helped her around uh, yeah. in the shower, clothing. And until the end, she was um, always taking care. She was a beautiful woman. She was always taking care of her, uh, you know, her, her appearance. Uh, yeah. The appearance. Yeah. And when I was As doing you, it, by the way. <laughs> 
and when I, when I, oh, oh, thank you. When I was doing her hair, she got her uh, <laughs> pencil to uh, draw the, her brows. So so cute, and, yeah. uh, and she looked lovely. She was a very very beautiful yeah. Uh, yeah. woman indeed. Uh, and so we helped my mother around her last years uh, indeed. Okay. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. So now I actually but, oh, about the technology. Well, I But I also I, um, understand what I think as well what made you say that is because we were talking hmm. about the concentration camps and being trapped and then I spoke about children sort of being in the concentration camps of their own house, you know, just staring yeah. at screens and then you yeah. spoke about your dad actually being locked yeah. in that room. Yeah. It's yeah. funny yeah. how that's how your brain connected that yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, indeed. Well, my brain is really <laughs> jumping from one thing to another. Oh, no, other. but I like that because I like connecting the dots. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of chaotic, you know. <laughs> I like connecting the dots. So well, okay. I just have a question from, from earlier. Um, you said how your sisters and your brother and the poor guy got caught, you know, d- trying to get food for you guys, selling your dad's clothes, or not selling but bartering. Um who were those guys on the other side of the fence, and why weren't they in the concentration camp? Why were you guys in the in the camp, but they weren't? Oh, okay, surely. Um, in the beginning, when uh, World War uh, Two started, all the uh, Dutch husbands, Dutch men, were uh, being uh, interned and uh, going well, to the concentration camp. As yeah, yeah. yeah. As uh, my father uh, has mixed blood, and my mother as well, and we had a Dutch nationality, you know, so he was interned as well. And during this war, for years that my father was uh, in con- Japanese concentration camp, uh, these Japanese could come along, and everybody was warning each other. The Japs are coming around because they came around and went into the houses to look for blonde people, you know. Blonde people are Dutch people and they had to be in concentration camps. Um, but as we had mixed blood, I'm I'm dark-skinned, you know. Yeah. And But I... <laughs> One of my older sisters and this youngest one were blondies, uh, oh kind of. God. Well, wow. Okay. <laughs> and so when this um, um, when the word came along that Japanese would come along, um, this the youngest one, the two blondies were put away in another room in the end of the of the gardens, and so when the Japanese came, they only saw. The, the 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 dark-skinned uh, uh, children. Okay. And so we, my mother was left alone. But one time they just came without warning, and those two blondies of the family yeah. were there. <laughs> but in in the end, uh, this Japanese uh, officer or whatever he was uh, uh, pitied my mother with her eleven children, and you know. War is just awful, but these Japanese were leaving a family and children as well when they were sent to war. So this man pitied my mother. He had a family in Japan as well, and he saw my mother with her 11 children. So she was left alone. And 
also, um, we lived in, in a rather big house, but the neighbors uh, were into concentration camps, and the houses were uh, kept by Japanese, but uh, Japanese people who were in administration, you know, no <laughs> militaries, but in administration. And they loved my youngest brothers and sisters. And always, uh, when we were playing around in the garden, they called them and eyed them over their, on their heads and petted them. And sometimes they came with big <laughs> boxes of uh, tartlets, you know. Yeah. We were so happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the, there are always everywhere are good people, you know. Uh, there yeah. are bad people in war. There are good people in war. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it's then, and then... Um, when did you get caught then with the blondies? When did you get caught to then go to oh, the camp? Well, we didn't uh, get caught uh, because of the blondies, but, you know, I t- told you about the uh, Bersiap uh, uh, and the Pumunas yes. behind our house, and so we had to flee okay, no, from but one then, house to the other. Yeah. And then we, well, everybody was, uh, they said they were protecting us, but mm-hmm. uh, they were pr- protecting us but we were put in concentration camps as well in this Bersia yeah okay time. but that's because they you were now you were not in your house you were not in your safety so they found you uh, um, well yes they came along all the houses mm. and we were just uh, uh, um, we had to obey them you know they yeah. uh, that come on you have to get out your house, mm. uh, get your stuff and mm. go to the station. And, well, yes, uh, walking along, you were being shooted at. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm, oh. mm-hmm. But, I mean, mm-hmm. this is because, because I, I want to understand it, but this is because um, when they ca- the other people came to your house now, it wasn't your neighbors who liked you, the administration guys and, you know, the Japanese administration guys. It was now new Japanese that came into your house and said, you got to go. It it uh, in in the end, well, not in my case, in my mom's case, as eleven children, but um, you know when um, the atom bomb was uh, being uh, in Hiroshima, uh, war was ended after the second atom bomb was uh, had fallen and officially ended, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, all the Japanese concentration camps with uh, men and Dutch women and their families were, um, well, were open, but they were uh, being uh, told just keep in these camps because of the... um, uh, uh, of these Pemudas mm. who were going around slaughtering uh, people. So okay. in the end, yeah. those Japanese uh, had to protect the people who couldn't leave the concentration camps. Mm. Mm. But I, we, my mom were put in another concentration camp, uh, not of the Japanese, but of the Indonesian uh, uh, freedom fighters. Okay. And you with your siblings? You just you and your mom, or also with your siblings? Oh, all, all yeah, of all us. Of yeah. yeah, all of us. And so, we all we all became very ill. We all became very ill, but 
we survived yeah. without medicine. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. those guys that were on the other side of the fence, just going back to round off that question, they were never going to go into the camp because they were pure Indonesian. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's but, just, but, yeah. but you know, um, I mean, when um, just before war, when we uh, were living in Surabaya, my mom, being a very social person, um, we had our servants, you know, everybody had servants mm. Uh, mm. from from the country. Yeah. We called it babus. Uh, yeah. And the, 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 the young men for the garden, etc. But when they became ill, my mother always took care of them. And she, uh, she heard from her servants that uh, in their Kampung, the village where they lived, mm -hmm. there were babies ill, and my mother went there with the baby's chill, a baby's clothing of my youngest uh, uh, sister, and giving them to uh, mothers who didn't have anything. She brought medicine, mm -hmm. she brought food. So um, we were also spared by those people wow. who, you know, because, uh, yeah. That's, that's uh, amazing. That, I yeah. actually just heard that same story um, when I interviewed another guy by the name of Jared Petzer. He's a South African guy, but he's, he's really trying to uh, provide strong pillars for South Africans because the government, you know, is just not really taking care and it's mm -hmm. got nothing to do with race. It's just, mm. it's, it's South Africans as, as, as a unity. It's not like white or black or mm. it's mm -hmm. just the government's not taking care at the moment. I mean, I'm sure it's in the news, but, um, <clears throat> and, um, but he was explaining how when he was a child, um, his parents always looked after the locals and always treated them as equals. And, and this was in the apartheid era. Yeah. And he said, it's funny because in his whole area, people were getting broken into and, you know, there, there was theft. And he says, but no one ever touched yeah. their house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is yeah, it's kind of uh, similar story. Yeah, you know? same karma, uh, same what yeah. you give, you what you yeah. give, you get. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so okay, so um, I mean, this is a history question, but I'm just really curious. Why, why, why were they? What, what was now the Japanese connection in Holland? I mean, I understand well, the Indonesians wanted their independence, but what were the Japanese doing there? Well, that, uh, <laughs> the Japanese started World War II by bombing Pearl Harbor. Yes, Jap exactly. Japan is a small country and they just wanted, just like uh, Hitler, they wanted to have an Asian emporium, you know. Oh, okay. right. And so they invaded uh, Asia, and but uh, they started by bombing Pearl Harbor, and uh, which uh, well became World War Two, and um, as they were fighting this war in Indonesia, um, they were just yeah um, teaching the young. Indonesian people just to fight for their own freedom and that's how the independence ideas started mm. well and I, I totally agree of course 300 years of colonization is and that wasn't 
a good time. Okay, there were good moments, but very, very uh, many bad moments. Mm. You know, you know what? But I was just um, well um, in the beginning um, the colonization. People from mostly young men were being sent to Indonesia because it was a very rich country. Also, <laughs> um, bad influencers from Germany, from Holland, from France, uh, bad young men who didn't uh, take uh, their life serious were sent by the families to the colonies. And, but these young men, of course, they were alone and started to have uh, relationships with uh, local women mm. and uh, having children as well. And we call these women, we're called nyai, nyai. And sometimes uh, those European men legalized their relationships but many didn't and after some years some of these men um, got uh, women uh, wives from Holland you know or from Europe and so they married in Indonesia with this European Dutch uh, woman mm. and the Nyai was sent to her village uh, sometimes with her children but sometimes the children couldn't uh, the father wouldn't uh, let them go and oh. the mother had to leave her children even so the, 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 the Dutch, many Dutchmen went to Holland after some years and took their children with them and this Nyai, this, this Indonesian oh. woman had just nothing so sad yeah. when i think about that it just uh, breaks my heart uh, yeah yeah uh, because yeah. Any, awesome. i think any mom that would break any i mean i'm also hearing that it's just it's 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 just uh, a mother and a child connection right it's just mm. uh the the it breeds so much emotion and it's yeah. just yeah um yeah so okay and then is that is, do you know your heritage? Do you know how you became to also have this Dutch blood in you where two of your, I mean, two of your siblings were blondies? Yeah. Um, hold on. Um, my, the, my father's mother came from another province in Indonesia, Solo. Yeah. <laughs> and in Solo, they had a sultan, you know, a kind of, King yes. really in, in the pre also in the colonial times in the pre colonial there were many sultans and provinces of Indonesia. But well, every girl from Solo said she had heritage from the sultan, but <laughs> that was just uh, to just, I, I don't know just to get her <laughs> you know foot what in I mean? the door. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but okay. Um, that was my uh, uh, mother's, uh, yeah, my father's mother. She was a very fragile uh, little uh, woman, and I just got to know her after the war when she came to Holland as well. And okay, she was pure Indonesian, and um, his father already had mixed blood. Okay. So, but my mother. Uh, she never was a blondie, but um, um, 
my mother. Her father came from Rotterdam. He was wow. a real Dutchman, was a real Dutchman. And he was Jewish as well, I think. Wow. And, <laughs> and, but her mother was a nurse with mixed blood. So, you know, it, it's all very... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but, but it's so not like you th- have... These two, these, two, these two blondies come from my grandfather, the Rotterdam yes. Uh, man. <laughs> yes, okay, there we go. Nice to know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay, right, so you moved to Holland when you were 12. Like, what was that like? Tell us about your life going forward from there. Oh, I, 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 I missed... I uh, my my birth country very much. Mm. I I hated the climate. I still do. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's why I'm enjoying South Africa I, so much, as much as I can right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But and I, I had to enter. Uh, I had to enter uh, high school. You know, twelve years. Okay. Mm, mm. And um, with uh, my sister, who was two years older. The same school in mm. The Hague. And, um, well, we had all these uh, classes, you know, Dutch and French and uh, uh, mathematics and ge- geography and history and French. French? <laughs> I never had French at school in Indonesia. Mm. But it seemed that in pre-war times uh, and after war times, uh, children already had French Lessons in schools, well, I never had. And then uh, (laughs) I went to this, um, I had this French class and it was just like abracadabra for me. (laughs) It said, maman, maman, fume une pipe, okay. I don't know what it says. Uh, (laughs) You know, le pain is is chaud. Well, I just didn't understand one word. Well, I got lessons then, uh, you know, but okay, I, I enjoyed, uh, well, I enjoy, I didn't enjoy school, but I enjoyed my school time, yeah. making friends, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah. So I finished, after five years, I finished high school. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And tell me your, your English. I mean, I know, I know Holland is known for, for, you know, the fact that most people speak English, right? Mm. It's not like France where, you know, mm. no one speaks English and, and preferably mm. have someone with you that speaks French, otherwise they're extremely rude, right? So, But in Holland, you know, the Netherlands is known for <clears throat> the fact mm-hmm. that everyone does speak English. But mm. I've lived there, as you know now, for 11 mm-hmm. years and mm. not everyone not everyone speaks good English at in your contemporary, in your age group, right? So there are a lot of older people who whose English is not great, but yours is really fluid. Why? How come? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I love to read uh, books in, in English mm. uh, uh, rather than American, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you mean British books as opposed to American British, books? British, British, yes, yeah, surely, yeah. yeah. But uh, still, well, you are right that not all people are very f- uh, fluent in English because I have this ex, well, what do, how do you say, ex, 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 uh, husband of my eldest daughter, her ex, and he's... Sorry, say uh, that again, uh, you have? Yeah. I have my eldest daughter, yes. Zoe, who is 54 now. Uh, she was married oh. to 
Alexander. He uh, was um, uh, uh, an English professor. And he changed from college to uh, uh, teach English at the um, military school, the high military, where uh, young people are educated to be officers, mm. you know. Mm. And he was teaching English over there. But um, at one point, he was asked to teach generals and colonels who... Uh, had to go into all directions of the world to have uh, meetings with and everybody over the world who spoke so badly. So you are right, not everyone uh, is fluent uh, yeah. in, in, in English. Yeah. So he still uh, is being asked to uh, put a, a good art and good uh, English in military magazines, uh, oh, you know. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. But what about um, you? That's him. I don't know why. Because, <laughs> I mean, because uh, <laughs> when you read, it's different to, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, it's it's different to talking, right? You know, the re you can read, but you still need to talk it a lot to yeah, have yeah. that, the, the, to let it roll yeah. off your tongue easily. Mm, well, I'm... Well, I can I can talk to you, but <laughs> I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't preside a meeting. <laughs> oh no, I think you speak beautifully and very eloquently as well. But uh, well, I don't I don't know why. But um, well, nowadays, even uh, at 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 kindergarten, mm -hmm. they are teaching English already. So that's. Yeah. Well, we are such a small country, we need to go out into the world uh, and uh, say our words. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. No, mm. no, I understand. And and I, I think definitely the reading, which is what you said, right? Your mom taught you to read when you were in those concentration camps is your, mm -hmm. is your gift. Um, so, okay, so, you, I mean, you obviously you then adjusted and you, you met your friends. And then what was, what did you study in the end to, what job did you end up taking? You said you worked again earlier? After, well, college, five years of uh, college. Mm. Uh, well, not, well, high school, okay. College is another thing in yeah. uh, your uh, opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, my parents, you know, in mm. those era, you never had a real own choice. But okay, my parents said, okay, yeah, you're 17, you go into um, uh, the education to become a teacher. Mm. Okay, but I had five years in a mixed school, but um, um, boys and girls. Yeah. But this uh, academy for uh, teaching being a teacher was a catholic one only girls with nuns so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i'm watching you because obviously everyone yeah. listening now a lot of people yeah. listening on the podcast and, and can't you, see you but your eyebrows yeah. rise up <laughs> and you know because of my five years of high school i didn't have to start from class one but i could just start class three and those girls, they were just looking at me and pep, 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 pep. So I, I followed for a week and then I said, no, this is not what I want. Yeah. And in the end, I started working. 
And during word, you got an education as a typist and a stenographer in all languages, mm-hmm. uh, which I couldn't do it now. <laughs> and, um, but is that what you were doing? Were you translating or what were you doing? Sorry? What were you, what a stenographer, what, what were you doing? Uh, working at, a, at, um, at a, well, not the, the central post office. Okay. The, the big, the big central, uh, which uh, was, was where all the headquarters were, you yes. know. And, um, well, during your course of typing and scenographers, uh, uh, you just had to do some administration. Mm. But, but I liked it very much. We made so many friends for years uh, over there yeah. uh, during this, uh, this work. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any... Um, uh, we, I couldn't go really study in university there wasn't money for it okay. uh, you know yeah uh, my oldest brother uh, went into uh, uh, med school at the university but there wasn't money for 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 the others uh, so we some of us started working and well i had i had no uh, difficulty with it uh, mm. it was just time of uh, of this this era, you know, after wartime, uh, nobody had really. Uh, well, we didn't because of eleven <laughs> children. We were never rich, you know. Yeah. But but well, I we accepted that, uh, and we I had a lovely time uh, working uh, over there, and we yeah. made so many friends uh, indeed. Uh, yeah. And that didn't bother you, like you were happy. I mean, the, you said you already did say, but I mean, it really didn't bother you that your brother got to study uh, his his doctorate and you didn't. Like that, it was oh, just no. so accepted. No, not at all. Because no, no, not at all. I can't remember having any. Oh, he he can, mm. and I I can't. No, yeah, no, yeah. No. We, we were such a small community and we were also I always feeling safe and 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 happy yeah. we had nothing we had nothing because uh, <laughs> I, I, I always when when I told uh, other friends who were born in smaller families and therefore had uh, more th- material things than we had and then I uh, told them well, only at Sundays we had some little meat, and during uh, uh, weekdays we had this. Ooh, that I remember terrible sauce from a tablet, you know. Yes. <laughs> and they pitied us so much, and we had really we were la- laughing. And, well, okay, that was it, uh, yeah. and uh, nothing else. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. No, your 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 mom. I mean, your your mom sounds also incredible. You know how she she raised you, and um, yeah, just you know allowed you to see life. You know, sim- simply, um, beautifully. You know, and uh, I mean, and I, I 
I can imagine with so many kids, though, you know, it's like mommy, my mom had four and three, you know, three were the boys and then me. And she also, mm. you know, she she also with discipline, for example, and I, I don't know what that was like in your family, but we got smacks, like we got a hiding on our bottom. Oh, if we, if yeah. we mis- <laughs> you know, if we misbehave, we got a good smack on the ass, you know, and my mom said, I didn't have time to go into conversation. Uh, to discussions, yeah, 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 yeah. Was that the this same? Is not, this is not a discussion. This is it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I... Uh, I remember being smacked just one time because uh, um, my younger sister, she was uh, very small then, and probably I let her fall, I don't know, but she screamed away, and then I got a smack on my uh, butt uh, from yeah. my mother. But that's it. We No, we never got smacked, nor by my father, nor by my mom. Yeah. And, but, but we were uh, educated each other, you know, that's uh, that's it. Uh, you know, I, I just want to, t- something chaotic, but I just want to tell you uh, something, a transition from where we, uh, the, the moment, uh, we went to Holland again, 1950. Mm. Okay. There were just four, five years after war, my father was building up uh, his career mm. and he had a beautiful career. But... Um, I remember my father coming home one day, just some weeks before we went to Holland, and there was this inflation, and we had billions, billions uh, as money, mm. and you had to cut every two guilders fifty. You had to cut in half because it was only worth one twenty-five, mm. and so this little capital he had managed to save after war. It was just half of it worse. Mm. And then when you go to Holland, the uh, the, the course, the, it was one to two. This, when you had, for example, a thousand guilders, mm. when you go to Holland, you only have 500. Yeah, yeah. So my father lost a quarter of his savings yeah. going to Holland. And yeah. then... Raising raising eleven children, you know. Uh, so this was, I think, I would have been pff, just yeah. like that. But they stayed calm, and well, okay, we didn't have meat every day, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tell me so. And then um, you you got married and had kids, and. Um, so what what's your adult life been like in Holland? So this you you really you it's you know it sounds to me like and I, I guess a lot of kids right they adjust quickly. Um but what's your adult life been like? Have you not wanted to go back to to Indonesia and um and no. Uh, well then I never thought of going back. <clears throat> nor did my parents. Well First of all, they hadn't got the money because there were no charter flights, nothing. It was very, uh, very uh, expensive. But uh, I've own, I also think they were afraid of going back, of being, well, uh, caught by nostalgia. Mm. Uh, um, because, well, they chose to 
uh, a life in the Netherlands, you know, when my father was being asked to return and he said, no, I want uh, to be with my family. Okay, that was his choice. And my adult life, okay, well, I... I, surely I was very happy when I got married with the love of my life uh, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but... Um, and when you say yeah, but, then, but, uh, he was the love of your life then, mm -hmm. is, he, is he still the love of your life? Well, I lost him mm. this year in November. It will be 19 years ago. Oh. He was 66 and I was 64 then. And we were... Very healthy, okay. I, we only had paracetamol in the house, uh, and he went touring on his motorbike, and he uh, could leave uh, work, go to be a pensionada at 61 mm -hmm. in those times. Mm -hmm. uh, they call it the foot. And he did, and I s still was working half days uh, as a secretary. And... Well, it was very nice. He he enjoyed his free time going on the motorbike. And I always thought, from, oh, we will be uh, going into our 80s together, you know. And then, well, just one day he got this massive um, long uh, embolie. And, well, within half an hour, we lost him. So, uh, yeah, that was really sh shock to the trau trau traumatic, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this, this, I called uh, the girls and uh, they came and I went with the ambulance, there were two ambulances, and the first one gave him oxygen. He came out of the bathroom and just fell down and I had to call the... 112 over here and the ambulance was very quick and they put oxygen but he threw it it didn't came through you know but it was because of this long uh, emboli embolism yeah uh, embolism yeah and then another uh, uh, ambulance came well in the end um, he, he was taken to hospital but I was really very sure he would survived because mm -hmm. he was so so healthy i didn't know of course it was an embolism and uh, so when all the children came to the hospital as well and uh, in the end two doctors came to this room where we were and um, i was just so convinced that they would say well your husband's all right you can go and see him and then they said we lost him well, I never screamed as much as this at that moment, indeed. It was so, so traumatic. I was so convinced he would uh, just go on mm. to be there, uh, indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's shocking. Shocking yeah. to, to lose someone unexpected and someone yeah. that you is just your closest person in your life like yeah. that's just the that's, most shocking experience yeah yeah that's right well we my husband and I had a very shocking uh, thing in our lives when my our first child was a son he was called David David and we lost him at five. 
Oh. He was um, playing. He, he was a very outgoing child, and always playing around. We, there were no technology uh, <laughs> game sets, etc. Yeah, so he was no playing around. Yeah, and um, one afternoon he just rang the bell downstairs at the apartment. Uh, Can I come up with a friend? Surely, come up. And then after two seconds, well, this friend asked me to play at his house. I said, okay, be at home in the same street. Mm. Be at home at five o'clock. Okay. But meanwhile, after this apartment block, there was a canal being digged. And... I always told David, well, when this canal is ready and there's water, you can't ever play near the canal. And, um, well, I don't know how, but he never went to the house of this little friend. Mm -hmm. They went outside uh, along the canal. So... David, as a very energetic boy, I don't mm. know what he did, but he fell into the water and he drowned. Oh, that's just... Yeah. Oh, I'm so that, sorry, Mark. That, 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 that changes your life, indeed. Mm. It would have been 58 by now. Oh. I'm, and I'm always wondering, how would he look, you know? Well, mm-hmm. No, now I'm crying. <laughs> Shame. Oh, it's awful. It's um, yeah. I've lost a brother too. So, but losing a child, like you know, yeah. my my yeah. mom has never recovered. Never. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh, this thing you always with you. You know, it it, it really changes your life uh, indeed. But then I have now these three beautiful girls, uh, Zoe. The one after uh, David uh, mm. was just one year old. And she was a beautiful baby, very easy to handle. And David just loved his little sister. He always said, uh, Mom, when uh, I am big, I will marry Zoe and I'll take care of her, you know. Oh, sweet. And he was so very fond of her. Uh, so, um, yeah, that... Uh, so things happen in one's life, you know, and mm. you have to you have to carry on. I, but I how did you? I mean, how how did you? Because my my mom, she's just collapsed since my brother died. She just she's lost her mind. She's just, and that's also why I moved back to South Africa. Yeah, but you know, um, well, it's something you can't uh, get around. I never asked why, because it doesn't solve anything. No, no. But, um, um, you know, the, the funny thing is, the next, you, you go to sleep, and you wake up, and the sun is there. What? My world was just Boom. And everything goes on. And, well, I think that saves you from going into uh, very traumatic times. You know, but still, I was reading Zoe just 
the little fairy tale of uh, <laughs> Snow White. Yeah. And this this prince kissing <laughs> the <laughs> Snow White into life. And then, oh my God. Oh my God, but this can't be, you know, it's simple things. And it's, uh, well. That's so amazing uh, that you're saying that now because because we started the conversation talking about fairy tales, right? Yeah. And and now you're saying this. And it's almost like I think that this is what's so beautiful about this conversation is that there's no, as we said, there's no fairy tale ending. And you and I have lived through shocking losses that, you know, that you just can't ever expect or imagine Complete what happened to you in no, life. You and, no. um, but what's beautiful is that you are, you've decided that it's also not going to be a bad ending. Do you know what I mean? You've decided that you're going to, you, you are in a way going to keep your own, like the hope of the fairy tale alive in a way, right? Because you, you've, you, you haven't let go. You've, you're holding on, you, you know. Well, you, yeah, but you know, in, 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 in these sad, sad times, I had my family, my parents. I mean, they were such, they were such uh, supporting me and, and my brothers and sisters. It helps. And, uh, of course, we had Zoe to take care of, and um, well, after some time, I just thought I can't Zoe uh, that her life just as a one one uh, one child in a in a family. So we had Eva, mm. this uh, this other girl, and. Um, well, it never fills up things that you lost, of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you have to take care of little humans. So you have to go on yeah. uh, and, and, and uh, try to be happy with them, doing nice things, celebrating every birthday. Uh, so it, you have to. There's, well, I, didn't, I don't think I chose to make the choice but I just did it yeah mm. and then and then there came Kim yeah and it well there was it wasn't well after three uh, pregnancies I thought it was uh, all right and uh, but I couldn't take the pill after the the the, the after Eva so mm. um I said to my husband <laughs> so she wasn't planned <laughs> I said to my husband, maybe you go to the, maybe you go to the, to uh, our uh, doctor and house, uh, and you ask for a vasectomy. And he said, you make the appointment. I thought, oh, well, that doesn't work. If I have to make the appointment for his vasectomy, that doesn't work. (laughs) So um, I um, chose another birth control being, talked into by my sister-in-law, the Dalcon Shield. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but well, the, I went to the hospital and they put it in me and after uh, six months I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> of Kim. Of there Kim, you go. indeed. She's a little fighter. And she, she, and she is. Huh? She fights for 
And everyone you listening, know. I'll quickly, I'll just quickly say yeah. on, the phone, on the microphone, everyone listening, you can go listen to Kim's interview. I interviewed her quite a, when I was still in Holland many months ago. It's Kim yeah. Kramer. You can just go search it on the website. But she's, and, and she is, she's a fighter and she was meant to be. And she, you know, she's fighting really, for the good of, of the world, right? And re- Really meant to be. Because um, I surely, I had, those lovely uh, Zoe and Eva, mm. and I was happy, as happy as I could be. But the responsibility was really um, overwhelming. Yeah. Eh? Because I lost a child and two children, so overwhelming. Yeah. And then yeah. I became pregnant. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. So another human responsibility. But then, of course, uh, uh, she came. And then, you know, things go where they have to go. I got so busy with three little children, I hardly had time to drown into my sadness, you know. You you had to to handle everything. Uh, I mean, uh, school for the the first one... uh, uh, this uh, second one uh, to to out of to the crash etc. Mm. So um, it helped me. It really helped me mm. over uh, the loss of uh, of David. We yeah. always said she she was meant to be indeed. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, on that note, um, ironically, the because the the episode that came out today. Um, uh, is about a woman whose mom uh, actually tried to kill her several times, and oh. her mom had postnatal depression. And uh, eventually, when when uh, Leslie was a an older, you know, lady, her mom actually ended up taking her own life. And this is the story mm. that went out today on our show um, with mm. Leslie Robinson. But you know, he has a mom who look obviously, you know, no story is the same. Um, but it's 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 I think. The reason why I tell stories and share stories is it's so that we 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 gain wisdom as human beings. This is, I think, this is ultimately um, the two reasons why I love to share your stories and everyone's stories. Is ultimately it's connecting and love, right? Because I think when you share, you you feel love, and for me, it, that's my ultimate goal is to feel love through yeah. the stories and to share the love. But it's also the wisdom that you learn. You know, it's. Um, and, you know, like sitting around a campfire in the old days, you would share stories. And so I think it's that's where my drive comes to do this. And while your story's not the same as, say, you know, Leslie's mom, uh, you know, you, you could have also gone into post, postnatal depression. So why didn't you go into postnatal depression when you were under such stress, you know? Yeah, I, I, maybe it was my education and my this little community of this loving family who were always supporting us in those those times. Mm. I, I always think maybe when I didn't have my parents and my family as I had them at the time, I I would have lost myself. I don't know. But it's uh, yeah, big consolence, uh, you know. 
So it's community. It's having people around you that you love. That's that's what I'm hearing you say is ultimately, and, and that's what you say throughout this conversation, is the strength of the community of your siblings. And, yeah. you know, it's it's the community, um, the love, the trust. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I must say I, I just live for my family, my siblings, my uh, little uh, grandchildren. They're also adorable. And, uh, yeah, I, that makes my life happy. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, are you ashamed? And, uh, like, are you able to, you know, get, like, get by with your partner in crime and your soulmate, you know, having just recently left you, are you okay? I, um, <laughs> some people, I had, I had this sister and she said, I'm so angry at George, he was called, yeah. that he left you. <laughs> and I said, well, he didn't want to go. I think uh, he, 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 uh, was as much surprised <laughs> i mean well you know that it's, it's just life life isn't honest and uh, everything can happen uh, in life but there's well i must say i have this anxiety about uh, uh, losing people Lost. you know yeah and well my parents had these 11 children um, our youngest was born just before Bora started, and she was called uh, Agnes, 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 yeah. and she was the youngest. And um, well, when she was sixty-five, we all had v- always celebrating everything together, you know, uh, and we we call it like uh, Indonesian style kumpulan. Mm-hmm. Kumpulan is just a lot of people together having fun, loving each other, etc. And um, she, being the youngest, uh, she was living away in another, uh, 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 not another country, another uh, city. Um, when she was 65, she became ill and it uh, appeared the diagnosis in the end was. ALS, I don't know whether you... ALS. Yeah, ALS. ALS what is ALS yeah. again? I know that. What is it? It, it is this um, disease from uh, within the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, all your muscles die. Uh, it's not multiple sclerosis, MLS. No, it's, it, it's terminal. This okay. one is terminal, yeah. ALS. Okay. And, well, it started in her legs and in... The, Okay, it was diagnosed. No, no, so not so many people uh, does this uh, have this disease. But so okay, um, in the beginning she was okay. I can do everything, but very uh, little by little, uh, she lost uh, her the, the, the strength of her muscles, and mm-hmm. um, uh, in the end she couldn't. It, it, took her 12 years. The first five years was kind of all right. Mm. The last five years was just so sad. She sat in uh, his wheelchair with all kinds of helping things. And she couldn't, uh, five times a day, uh, daycare 
uh, people came around just to shower her, to help her to the WC. Uh, in the end, she couldn't eat herself. We had to uh, help her around. It was just so, so sad. And uh, my other sister, the one over the youngest one, she's called Detta, Bernadette, but we all call her Detta. Uh, Detta and I came every day and just to be there for her. And, um, well, in the end, she uh, uh, asked for euthanasia. Did you say euthanasia? euthanasia? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And she had this uh, uh, house arts, house doctor, who a young one, and who came, who just visited her every uh, six weeks, and in the last year, every two weeks. And um, yeah, he did everything for her. He was very, very nice. And she felt very guilty, you know, because of leaving us. And I said, don't, don't, there's, there's no guilt. There's hardly any life for her she got depressed you know mm -hmm. and i said just do what you want i said she said i can't anymore i cannot go on like this i said okay that's your uh, choice uh, and uh, so uh, she was helped and it was very beautiful uh, indeed and she was 78 then yeah yeah but uh, very not funny very strange Within a year, we lost our eldest sister. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, very, very strange. So now, and now... But from your youngest then to your oldest. Yeah, and now uh, two weeks ago, uh, we got the message that another brother, he was a pediatrician in his life, but living in an institution after he lost his wife. And... Uh, we lost him as well. So there are still eight of the 11. But for for this brother of mine, I'm glad as well because his end, uh, living alone in this institution, a girl in Hanoi, his, uh, his, his uh, daughter, and uh, his son in Brussels, which yeah. is rather near, but still there. Yeah. Don't so, yeah. you know, my generation is uh, living their last uh, years. Uh, yeah. And and when I think of it, of course, I um it's it's just not be able to uh, see my grandchildren grow up. That's my deepest trouble you mm. know uh, but still I, I well, know and that's probably what will keep you going right that is what's also keeping you yeah, strong you know yeah. as your children helped you to get through so are your grandchildren yeah. probably mm. helping you now with your yeah yeah, yeah. your love but, of your life yeah from the from the birth of my eldest uh, grandson I um, took care of babysitted uh, for now about um, 31 years wow. after he was born, 
After three years, there came another grandchild. After three years, it and, mm. and well, the last ones were uh, um, <laughs> the youngest ones uh, yeah. of Kim, yeah. and they are so, they are so adorable uh, now. Uh, indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. So tell me, I just want to. In, we're going to close off soon, but I I just want to know, um, like when you did go through those dark days, when you did go through those really difficult days, you know, like even when you said when you had Kim. You know, she was in your tummy and you were thinking, how am I going to do this? You know, and you were struggling. Like, what is the psychology that plays through your head? How do you really get through it where other people, it's like almost there's a switch in the mind where you choose to go left or to go right. I don't know. You know, you said you saw that you wake up, you see the sunshine. Another person would wake up and not see the sunshine. And I know you speak about the community, but, but when you're at home, in your own little world, how do you get through things psychologically for yourself? Mm. I I don't know. I I, f- I think it it was my education as well. I mean, my parents went through such difficult times in war time, and they were always positive and well. Their face helped them really through everything. Well, you know, I'm tradition. I'm a traditional Catholic. I never go to church. I always visit cathedrals and churches in other mm. countries and mm. Um, mm. Huh? Mm. So, so putting a candle on them. But um, it's this positivity they gave us in our lives. They never. Uh, I never saw them. Uh, in negative moods. Never, you know, never. I mean, this yeah, is actually yeah. so nice to interpret I, I really, as a mom, you know. How can I yeah. make sure that I give them what your mom gave you, you know? My, my, my mom was always very happy when we were around, you know, but mm-hmm. she always enjoyed having her children, all the grandchildren around. She really enjoyed enjoyed that. And, but she lived her life from within her face, you know. The only, <laughs> the only thing she uh, was sad about was when we uh, were taking care of her in the days yes. uh, that she uh, was. And um, there was this woman from the Catholic Church who yeah. brought communion. You know, you know about yes. communion? Yes. Yeah, who brought it to my mom. Because that for her, it was really, really important. And mm. she did only good because of her face, uh, my mom. And then she had a talk with this woman and uh, she said, uh, my only, um, I'm so sad that my children, all my children have left the church. And she was really, that was her big issue. But I said to to her, mom, uh, don't, worry we take our own responsibilities i mean it's harder to take your own responsibilities in life than following rules from any institution mm. you know but that, that that she was so uh, faithful to her religion and so believing in the goodness of god that um, yeah 
But I, I think this face of her, she gave something to us because there, I, I, I can't. There's no one of my brothers or uh, my sisters. Yeah, we, we we all have the same. Well, um, position in in life. No, not 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 exactly like each other, mm. but we all have this. Uh, yeah. This phase in yeah. life, uh, I and yeah, I, I you know I can enjoy just sitting in a little sunshine in my post stamp garden yeah. and looking around at what what is blooming. Uh, I I can enjoy that, and uh, well, I I enjoy the the company of I just I live for my children. That's mm. uh, that's uh, yeah and. Uh, that's it. Uh, yeah. And tell me, um, the way you speak about with your mom and she was always happy for you to be around. And I think that that is an incredible energy to give your kids to, to know, you know, for kids to know that they're always welcome. I think is, is that is the key is for them to yeah. know this is where they belong and this yeah. is where they are safe and they can lose the plot. They can, throw their toys out the cot, but they will always be welcome in this space. Yeah. This is their yeah. home. Um, yeah. What do you say now for, um, because I know Kim, right? I've interviewed Kim. She's a busy woman and you babysitting the kids, right? This is different now to your mom wasn't getting babysitters in per se, right? She was always there. What's your feeling about that where nowadays us women, you know, we feel we need to work, but we also, we, we kind of, it's also a bit indoctrinated that, that we should, we kind of owe it to ourselves in a way. We owe it to to society to also give to society. But then we have these kids, and then we're dealing now with this conflict of wanting Different to be there for life, the kids. Yeah. But then we have these goals. You know, what is your feeling about that? Well, I admire uh, all three of them. Um, Zoe, the eldest, was divorced two times but uh, she just uh, working so hard for herself and for her sons and um, you know um, yeah and w with help of the family and um, she's doing really very well. I mean, she was uh, <laughs> rebuilding her uh, her house. She had this chimney in the in her house, and she was going away with a big electric hammer because she wanted uh, more. Uh, and she can do she can do everything. Yeah, and yeah, like like, but like you say saying uh, they know they can always depend on me when when they need help mm. i am there for them mm. but they are there for me as well the, whenever i uh, need help until now i don't need uh, <laughs> much help in physical uh, <laughs> no but no. Uh, yeah and i think i mean i i think it's it's um, um good for them to have Life uh, beside their um, family life, you know. Mm. The, to so do you think that? Do you having a yeah. mother who didn't? 
Yeah. Do you believe I, it is actually yeah, good? Yeah, yeah but, but no, I, and I admire them in it that they can handle it, uh, mm. you know, and well, I think it's very good for your uh, for your mind to have other troubles uh, except choosing what do we eat uh, mm. today. Mm. But they're doing good. They're doing good. Uh, yeah, yeah all, all three of them. No, but the reason also why I say it is because when you do then have those other troubles, then by contrast to your mom, we come home and we don't always have a smile on our face. Do you know what I mean? We come home and it's not just always... Uh, you know, this this positivity because something's happened at work or, you know, we've, we you know. So, so then that's why I'm just trying to compare those two, right? Not to compare for comparison's sake because that steals the joy. It's more just to, to gain the wisdom in seeing the contrast, you know? Yeah, I, um, well, surely I'll be having moments or times that I think, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> surely. And there's a whole winter coming along when I feel like, ooh. Oh, okay, but, yeah. Uh, but I can put it away when I'm with my children, you know. And, uh, well, it's so imp- I never saw my mom uh, depressed or uh, always such... Bright eyes and always so loving. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I was helping her out in the last years, um, I love to hear her say to me when I helped her or just giving coffee or anything, uh, thank you, kind lief. Kind lief, of yes. mijn lieve kind, Child you know. Love, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, maybe our kids... Uh, Maybe my, I don't know, I guess I just feel like sometimes I shout too much, but it's because I feel like I'm trying to do both. I'm trying to be a mom and I choose not to, you know, I choose to also uh, be close to home and work from home. My husband actually laughed at me yesterday because, you know, I don't know, I said something about working from home and he, he laughed. He said, actually, that's always been your wish is to work from home so you can be with your kids. But then it's also stressful because the kids are constantly trying to get your attention and you're working, you know, whereas, so it's, I guess it's just always going to be a debate, like how you manage that time, you know? Well, you do your best. That's that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Do your yeah. best uh, as a mom, yeah. but that's as a career woman as well, because it's, I think, yeah, for it's so important for women to be, independent you know mm. not mm. only in 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 financial or material things but in your head uh, yeah. other things than just caring for diapers and food and uh, everything and okay um, the children has their right to interrupt <laughs> yeah. when well. you're having a meeting or whatever and it's just trying to keep it in balance i yeah. think yeah. well i'm glad I didn't have to do that. I mean, mean, in my era, when the babies were born, I was just enjoying, you know. I didn't work then, of course. In that that era, you didn't work when you had children. I was enjoying putting my babies into the bath and 
uh, clothing them and powdering. And I, I just loved those times when they were oh, so small and dependent uh, on the on me. But it's it's a different time, and I think um, you females have to have another kind of life beside. And I mean, I think. And I see it around, Fritjan and a um, husband of uh, Eva are um, helping around. Mm. I mean, in my time, they were just strict. Well, not strict, but uh, I was there for the children. My husband was there for... Uh, and, oh, work, you mean? Um, so it was the, women the, the, were helping... The, 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 yeah, there's, nowadays, there's, the men help more. A, yeah, there's now a balance between... And I mean, oh, mentally, I mean, uh, you can... How do I say? Um, uh, on the on the same level, you can talk or dis discussions on the same level. I mean, mm. when mm. I was young, I was just being at the house, at at home, taking care, and now it it must be much more interesting to have uh, a mind, to have uh, the same level. Not, not really the same, but you can have really, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's... Um, oh, you mean, so with, with you and your partner? To yeah, the yeah. Same, just to, to be on the same level, to be on the yeah. same independence yeah. level, that's to come it. in at the same angle, same place. Yeah, yeah. and exactly. you can you can discussions, you can have discussions about, uh, about things, uh, you know, uh, because uh, in your studies you are trained to uh, put your uh, brains <laughs> into, uh, you know, uh, that's it. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So, Magda, in closing, um, I think I'm going to grab onto that fairy tale metaphor of our conversation. But what, yeah, what, what can you leave us with, um, you know, in terms of a nice tip or some nice advice, you know, the, the listener now um, let's face it, everyone listening to this conversation now all has their own something that's happened in life that wasn't what they hoped for, or be it with their children, be it in their own life, uh, be it with decisions they've made, um, which is exactly the opposite of what we get taught with this fairy tale ending, right? So what is your tip for that, for accepting life you know of 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 the fact that it isn't this whole fairy tale what's your what's your final leaving thought for us there oh well i think you have to try to believe in yourself and i th i think well, it's, it's very difficult to 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 put into words. Um, um, well, well, I I don't have any advice. I mean, I think you have to, the first thing you have to try in life is to be as happiest as you can. I I mean to be. To love yourself. Well, I don't love myself. I have too many issues, I think. But, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think 
that's not you true. Ha- that's not true. <laughs> you you have to you have you have to. Well, I was trained. You know, in my in my young years, I was trained to be the lesser one, not not really in those words, but uh, females were living another life those days. And sure, I like your brother went to study and you didn't, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it makes your life richer. I, I mean, you are trained to let your brains work, uh, you know, and uh, be also be content. I don't. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm very. Um, I'm very happy with the life I live, and there are uh, beautiful moments, there are lesser moments, but try to get the most out of your life. And, well, I think uh, love is the most happy thing that uh, for your children, for your family, uh, that's it. Uh, I think nobody can live without love for life, for yourself, for, uh, well, they say you can't love anyone else before you love yourself. I don't know, but love is very, uh, very important. I love life and, well, I have m- many friends and... Uh, I have my family and my brothers and sisters, and yeah, I'm content. I'm not wishing what my neighbor has uh, or uh, now. And, uh, and uh, well, maybe we could be less uh, materialistic uh, indeed, because I think people are learning now to uh, be less materialistic, to to, to be uh, just another bigger house, a bigger car. I mean, it means nothing in the end. Mm. But you do love yourself because you said you didn't. I just have to confirm that. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm very... uh, well, I don't uh, want to say I'm very balanced because I'm, uh, like I say, a chaotic person. Uh, but, you know, I'm now realizing, 83 years old, that I can't be multitasking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, when that's... I was younger, I could uh, think about one thing, do another thing, doing the washing, but now... I, I'm relaxing now, and I, I think that that's that's good. Uh, and I, I'm not wanting to be everywhere, want to know any everything. Okay, but chilling. Chilling, <laughs> I'm chilling cool. now. Yeah, I'm chilling now. Oh, well, we'll end there. It's been so beautiful to talk to you. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you on video and to talk to you. Yeah, and. I wish you a very beautiful and happy life. Thank you, Magda. You too. With your family. Thank you.
So guys, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Share the show with all your family and friends. As I always say, sharing is caring. Go to the website, inspirationalinterviews.com and also join the club, please. There you'll have access to really super cool features and also, yeah, great guest content and you'll be a part of our live interviews. Find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, see you on the flip side. Where the song might lead.